Alright guys, what's up? So I'm going to get this podcast started. Um, thanks for watching my last eight videos. Did really well with those. Um, ended up making on all like the, the third party platforms or whatever. So like iTunes and Spotify and Google and all those places you can find this podcast now. So it's pretty cool. Hopefully it grows. And, uh, you know, we keep taking it, uh, you know, steps further every time. So, uh, thanks for watching those. Thanks for all the support up until now. And now we're going to get this thing really cracking. So, um, basically like I had explained to you guys, um, following a car accident that I had, I put up those videos just so you guys can kind of get a feel of who I am, how this thing started. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, um, liked those videos. So I just want to make sure you guys had access to them. So now what I'm going to do moving forward is, um, I'm going to basically talk about different things that are, that kind of root from real life experiences. So I'm going to stay away from talking about things that I don't really know a lot about guys, um, are not even not know a lot about, but more so just feel is not my place to talk about. I'm not going to talk about politics. Um, not because I don't know anything about it, but because we're keeping this real. We're keeping this raw. We're keeping this authentic by basically talking about real life experiences and the lessons we learned from them and basically trying to teach based off of what we have experienced, not off of what we have learned um, or know, you know, from anything else. So any other way. So uh, I'm going to be featuring guests. Um, I think every other week I have about 10 guests lined up. It's going to be pretty awesome. Lots of really good people from like coaches to entrepreneurs to friends to pretty much everything. Lots of cool topics to talk about and lots of good uh, things for you guys to hear. So stay tuned in. Thanks for the support. Let's get this thing cracking. Um, all right. So we'll just get right into it. Um, I was going to pause this and cut um, a portion of it out, but I don't think I'm going to be able to actually add in the audio that I wanted to. So we're just going to get started from here. So basically what I'm going to do, um, to get this, to kick this thing off guys, sorry, it's kind of late at night. So if I slur my words a little bit, I'm a little bit tired and I'm trying to get this thing done because I was just feeling it. So, um, what I'm going to do first is I'm just going to tell you guys my story. Uh, basically start to finish, um, from the most exciting things that have happened in my life to the most, you know, tragic things and pretty much get everything, um, you know, packed in as much as I can. Um, so I could basically help relate to you guys. So, you know, more about me, you can understand me and, uh, then we'll take it from there. So, and I'll keep it as simple and as straightforward and, um, you know, timely efficient as possible. So basically where my life started was in South Lake Tahoe, which is where I'm at now. And, um, I grew up, on the same street from when I was three years old until I was 21 years old and left town to the city. Um, I was in homeschool all through school because I got into trouble a lot. I ended up uh, getting into a lot of fights and that was just kind of a standard in Tahoe. Uh, I was different. I was um, unique, very independent, very, um, very, uh, in, you know, introverted and uh, just kind of involved with my own life, my own um, hobbies and all that. You know, I kind of resulted in me being me being quite the outcast. So I stood out a lot and I took a lot of shit from people. And, you know, I, I ended up at a certain point in my life not taking as much shit, getting into a lot of fights from kids, um, you know, just this or that, whatever reasons. So um, at one point, my, my brother's, uh, my older brother, he's four years older than me, um, 
his, I only have, well, I have one brother that's four years older than me, and then I have another brother that's 10 years younger than me. So at the time, he was my only other brother. Um, one time, his friend, a uh, good friend of his, um, told me that I was getting into too many fights. So he wanted to create a fight night where basically me and my buddies could go to his house and he would provide all the gear we needed, boxing gloves, shin guards, everything to be safe, and we'd be able to spar and fight each other under their supervision. Um, the only deal was, you know, is if we fought outside of the fight night, then we'd get cut. We wouldn't be able to do it. We had so much fun our first time doing it that we just really respected his rules and we stayed out of trouble outside of it. And also, we got to let out our aggression, our anger, um, and it was my first real dose of fighting outside of like street fighting and uh, you know actual martial arts I guess you could say he taught me a little bit of Muay Thai boxing <clears throat> and uh, jiu-jitsu and whatnot so that's um, that's kind of how things started moving for me as far as fighting goes um, I credit a lot you know I, I've done a lot since then in the sport and I still I still see this guy every so often and uh, you know him and my brother and I, I just I, I owe them so much for for uh, getting me going in the right direction. Um, they always looked out for me in that way and you know, something I'm really appreciative because I was kind of, you know, uh, a lost boy in a way. I was kind of, um, you know, I wasn't a bad, bad kid, but I definitely lacked direction and um, was, I could have gone a lot direction, a lot of directions, I guess. And if it wasn't for the people that helped direct me, um, you know, I don't know where I'd be. So I'm very grateful for that. So anyways, Excuse me. Um, I get really passionate about this sport, MMA. You know, I start feeling like I can actually make a name for myself in this stuff. Um, I start digging into the, the videos, you know, the books, everything. It's like, wow, this is this is an actual sport. This is, thing, this is something people make money off of. This is something I could find success in. This is something I could do with my life. Um, and so, I started training for my first fight. I was scared to fight. To be honest with you guys, at that time in my life, I think I was 17 years old, um, I didn't know if I would ever fight. I just, I kind of liked the idea of being a fighter more so than actually fighting in the cage. I was terrified. Um, so what happened is, while training for my first fight, um, my mother got diagnosed with cancer. My best friend, living with her, my lifeline, my mother, um, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and she was given six months to live. Um, I stopped fighting, stopped competing, um, had a complete emotional breakdown and helped her through that six months until she died. And then I completely lost it and disconnected from fighting, from everything, started drinking, partying, uh, making a lot of bad decisions and, um, you know, doing a lot of uh, things that I don't necessarily regret, just definitely not proud of and would ever do again. So um, that next year I lived in the house that she... Uh, not died in, but died while she was living at, my family completely ejected in every direction. My stepdad, her husband at the time, ended up getting, you know, left. Uh, my brother was in Oregon. Uh, my girlfriend left me two months later. My girlfriend of six years um, left me. And so I was by myself in this house that once upon a time had my family in. I mean, there, you know, this is where we celebrated Christmas. This is where we had Thanksgiving dinner. And now it's empty. And the even shittier part was is that my family was in pretty poor shape from the whole thing. So they were dealing with their, you know, their own shit. 
and I was stuck with having to, to move out every single one of my mom's things from her clothes to her prescriptions to her pictures to her you know her shoes her blankets the room was perfectly preserved when she died nobody moved any of her shit out and keep in mind guys this is my mother so I'm <clears throat> 17 at the time the entire house is my mom you know I lived with a single mom so there's her pictures on the wall her decorations I mean everything and I lived in that by myself now deserted it was the it was the most fucked up time in life I was so confused and I'm so glad I got through it guys and um, man it was wild so I mean I remember the night that I started moving stuff out of the house I finally you know grew the courage to start putting effort into changing my life realizing that I was the only one that was gonna make the changes that were necessary and I was listening to Biggie Smalls and I was sitting on the couch and I was just bathing in my problems and I realized that the only one that's gonna fix this shit is me so I got up I went to my mom's room and I started clearing shit out crying guys pouring down my face bagging up her shoes bagging up her clothes just getting rid of it all making this house mine so that's what I ended up doing I made the house mine and I lived there for the next year I ended up coming up on a bunch of weed honestly and that's how I was paying my bills I was selling weed and I was paying my bills and I was partying my dick off and I was fighting a lot and um, uh, it was it was a tough year it was a real real bumpy one um, <clears throat> then a year later um, I get a call from a, from one of the fight promoters that um, he has an opportunity for me to fight so um, I called my dad I said it's in a month. Should I take the fight? I'm nervous. I'm scared. I'm unprepared. But I feel like I owe it to myself and to my mother to do this. Um, and so I took it. And I fucking committed, guys. And I, I for the first time ever, was like, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to pull out. I'm going to step in that cage. Because I've been through so much in the last year of my life. Losing my mother. Losing my mind. Losing my girlfriend. That I owe it to myself to do something that I truly felt I was incapable of doing. And if I can prove it to myself that I could get in there, if I can go so beyond my comfort zone by getting in that cage, it's gonna be a great feeling. And I'm gonna feel a lot better about myself. So I committed, I did it, I stepped in there, and I murked the dude. And it was the best feeling of my life. And I went undefeated for that next year. I went undefeated, I grew rapidly in the sport, and I became Coco the fighter. And I ended up outgrowing the gym I was at. One after another. Starting with the garage I was in, to the driveway I was in, to the portable I was in, to the school, the, the gym that I was in, here, there. Finally, I realized that I had to leave Tahoe. Yeah, the opportunity was elsewhere. It was in San Diego. I had an opportunity to go to San Diego. And I knew the fight scene was popping there. So I made that next big leap. And I did it with nothing. I mean, there's times in life where we can go one direction or the other and we might not even have time to prepare. And that's exactly what happened. I didn't have time to save money. I didn't have time to notify my family. I didn't have time to do anything, to even pack. I put my two weeks in at my job. I worked those two weeks. 
I packed my room up the day that I left in my car. I literally took everything out of my room, just threw it in my car, completely unorganized and all over the place. It took a little over 300 bucks and I moved to San Diego to go sleep on a friend's floor and follow my dream. The car broke down halfway. I was in the middle of the desert. Um, I pull over to take a nap because I was tired. Wake up, go to turn the car on, and it just click. Nothing happens. Car's dead. I got my dog with me. My phone's dead, and I have no food or water. So I had to flag somebody down and ask them to call Highway Patrol. They call Highway Patrol. Highway Patrol takes me to a repair shop. I get a part for my car, um, and I get to the driveway that I'm going, you know, the driveway of the apartment I'm going to live at. My car breaks down again. So now I'm in San Diego. I got no car. I got no money. Um, I got a bike. And I got, you know, the clothes on my back and a friend's floor to, see, uh, floor to sleep on. So, um, jump on my bike. I go out job hunting. Um, you know, I got my white dress shirt on and uh, my nice clothes. I'm trying not to get dirty as I'm hustling my bike around, sweating, trying to get jobs. I mean, it's not easy riding a bike around the city. It's a lot more spread out than like little Lake Tahoe is. Um, <clears throat> end up getting an interview for a place that's uh, kind of a ways from home. Um, the when they when I went in for this both in the, the first interview the second interview they asked me if I had transportation to work. I told them that I did have transportation because when they asked me they asked me as if I was not going to get the job if I didn't have viable transportation to work. Second interview the same thing. So when I finally secured this job, this is how just fucking dedicated I was to making a life for myself in San Diego. I would go park my bike around the back of the building. The back of the building where nobody could see me. The bike was hidden. It was kind of tucked in between these bushes and the wall of the building. And I'd hide it there. I'd walk around the other side of the building to the parking lot and I'd always walk in from the parking lot like I was driving to work because I did not want to lose my job. I got two jobs at the time and I was working my fucking ass off. I had you know, triple shifts a handful of times where I literally worked back to back, eight hours, give myself a 10 minute window to get to the next shift, bike my ass to the next job, work another eight hours, give myself 10 minutes and bike back in the morning to that other job. Um, so, you know, uh, 24 hours straight of work. Um, but this is just what I was doing guys to try and hustle and make a life for myself, you know? Um, and it was not easy, but I look back at that time in my life and I'm proud because I, honest to God, um, never want to be in that position again where I'm so desperate that I have to rely on um, something like that. I, I know it could happen and, um, you know, sometimes when, sometimes life happens, we got to do what we got to do, um, but I'm just, I'm proud of myself for how hard I worked then when I, I kind of had a lot of odds stacked against me. You know, I had a lot of reasons to quit and it was pretty difficult and I made it through it, so... While I was working at one of those jobs, um, it was Sprouts. I was working at a 24-hour fitness graveyard, and then I, during the day I was working at Sprouts, and I was working in the vitamin department. Um, while I was stacking the shelves one day, one of our vendors nudged me, and she goes, hey, she goes, you look like a really interesting guy. Um, tell me your story. I kind of looked at her and was like, what do you mean? Like, who are you? You know, that's the most kind of like, it's kind of a weird thing to be asked, but all right, cool. Me and this girl hit it off, you know, I tell her my story and we just, we had this connection, you know, and it was, at the end of the conversation, me 
back up a little bit, guys. I stopped fighting when I got to San Diego, and I started pursuing business. I, what happened is I got involved with an MLM, a multi-level marketing company, and I was recruited by these people that were in San Diego that were bringing me to the parties, bringing me to the houses at the top of the hills with Lexuses lining the streets and BMWs and just selling me on their lifestyle. I ended up becoming one of the one of the studs in the company basically by pulling in a shit ton of people way faster and prematurely. So while they wanted me to basically um, go, they wanted me to go by their rules. Like this is, this is their guidelines of how we do it. You need to follow it if you want to be successful. The pioneer, the rebellious side of me said, no, I'm going to do it my way. But my determination um, just completely blew everybody else out of the water that first got into the company and so I managed to rack in like five grand of investors before I was even investing my own money in the company. I didn't have the money to invest in the company and I knew that the commission I was going to make could pay for me to get involved with the company <clears throat> if I got these people in before I was even invested in so that's what I did and they looked at me like you're crazy but goddamn boy good work. And so once I got in the company and I realized how good I was doing, I was on fire. I realized that I was still working for somebody else's company. I was still making somebody else's money. And I wanted to start my own business. I wanted, I was so fucking passionate, always to the next level, you know, <clears throat> that I wanted to be the guy that was on top. So I pulled out and I started, I started going hard on business models, different things, marketing ideas, um, ebooks, college ebooks, um, lots of different ideas, you know, health programs. Guys, I started a small business with no documents, no nothing, nothing official where I would work with cancer patients. I studied how to help cancer patients heal from cancer naturally with their diet, with um, you know the right supplements, um, lifestyle, meditation, positive thinking, holistic healing. I was so passionate after watching my mom die of how much her health improved by the food that she was eating that I wanted to be a dietitian for cancer patients. And not just a dietitian, but I wanted to roll in a therapist, a caretaker, and a dietitian and everything I possibly could into one person. I took on a cancer patient that had stage four breast cancer while I was working at Sprouts. I was this girl's caretaker. I would go to her house, I would talk to her, I would be her friend, I would be her nutritionist, I would do her medication, I would drive her to appointments, and I would cook her food. <clears throat> I don't know what happened to that, that, uh, that thing, you know, that idea, that business that I was pursuing. Um, this girl ended up beating cancer. She's alive now. She made it through, and I, I, I helped her um, get through it, and then just kind of disconnected. I don't know why she's you know there's a lot of things that I did when I had moved to San Diego that was just I, it was a sporadic um, like it was just sporadic gunfire of me just shooting at as many things as I can seeing what would work and um, I tried a lot of things I tell people this often when 
you know, we're talking about how most of the most of the the advice that I have and the things I say, it comes from experience, from things I've done because I've always just been a gunslinger. You know, I have always been so damn ambitious where I didn't even have time to drink. I didn't even have time to be in relationships. I didn't have time to do all these things because I was always so invested in my passions and I'm such a passionate person for just about any fucking thing you put in front of me. So I stopped doing this. Um, I stopped working with her and I come up with this idea for a marketing uh, platform where basically um, it was for Lake Tahoe and it's so people, travelers going to Lake Tahoe would be able to um, you know, plan their vacations. And so it was, what I was going to do is I was going to go door to door. I was going to go to different businesses around town and I was going to basically tell them they pay $10 a month, um, you know, $120 a year that they could get on this app where anytime they had any kind of special deal, deal going on, whether it was a ski shop, it was a restaurant, it was clothing, it was retail, it was whatever it was, it would get blasted on this app. So people traveling to Tahoe would be able to plan the vacation by saying, we're going to go here for this. We're going to go there for that. Um, and it was dirt cheap for people to invest into, but it would require a lot of businesses. So I knew that by asking for such a small amount of money, um, I would be able to make a lot of money because I'd get a lot of yeses and, and, and people investing into it. And, um, you know, the numbers would be high. So I had this idea, a family friend, um, of mine, he lived up in LA and he was, he was a multimillionaire. This guy was a stud is, and I brought this business plan to him and he was impressed. You know, he, he really liked it. Um, he basically told me that, uh, I'm on the right track and to keep, and to maybe I needed to complete this business plan. It wasn't complete yet. I needed to add some more things. I needed to really dial in my revenue model. I needed to crank out some numbers. I needed to just do more. I didn't go to school for this. I didn't go to school for anything. I just did a lot of research. I watched tons of videos on YouTube um, of how to make a business, write up a business plan. Um, I read a lot of books. You know, I did a lot of study work for this stuff and that's all I really had. So he just told me I needed to get back to the books, study more, learn more and uh, make a better business, more foolproof business plan. It could be the same thing. He liked it, but you know, I just needed to complete it. So in the process of me getting into business, and I even started, <laughs> I even at one point started a company called Taxi Waste, where, and this is just to give you guys a fucking small dose of the entrepreneur in me that kind of helps reveal why I can advise somewhat on being at least a success, you know, passionate, success-driven person entrepreneurial kind of person, beginner entrepreneurial, understanding kind of the works of how, how, um, how at least going about business works. I mean, there's a way to succeed in business that requires business advisors, that requires, um, even education. It requires lots of, of kind of more, um, 
more obvious and technical things, but then there's also a way to go about getting into business, as in really understanding what you're passionate about, what works for you, what makes you happy, what you could put a lot of fucking time into and a lot of work into without getting sick of it, because essentially that's what is going to get us to where we want to go, is finding something that in between where we want to be and where we're at, we're okay with all that distance, which requires a lot of fucking headache and a lot of bullshit sometimes, so... I'm blessed and grateful that I did a lot of things because it's going to help me connect to you guys and help people out more in this world. So <clears throat> anyways, I started this right after this idea. I went on to another one. I started this business called Taxi Waste. Basically what it was is where um, I would go around. Uh, I put up flyers all over um, San Diego where I would pick up people's electronic waste and I would take it to the electronic waste center. And so I would charge them for me to come pick up their waste and I would charge by weight. So I had, you know, ahead of time, how much does this weigh? What are the obstacles? Do I have to go up a set of stairs? Blah, blah, blah. I was driving a fucking Nissan sedan at the time, guys. I would show up to people's houses and I would pull up in that car and they'd look at me like, who the fuck are you? And I'd tell them that I was the owner of this company and that all of my tr I'm so busy that all of my trucks are out on route right now and I looked over my notes and I saw that that person had a you know lighter request like they didn't have um, a, a piece of equipment or whatever that I couldn't fit in my car I said so I, I was out here hustling you know I'm out here putting my work in as the owner of this company basically lying saying that all my trucks are out busy I didn't have a fucking truck. I just had a car. So I'd constantly, I'd constantly fucking give this excuse and make this story up and load all this shit up in my little ass car, drop it off at the waste company. I'd make a profit. And I quit my job at one point was supporting myself with this in San Diego in an apartment for like three months to five months. And then I just stopped. Why? Because I fucking love to fight. I love to fight people and I could not stop. I could not stop dreaming. And anytime it came into my life, I went for it. I took that opportunity, whatever it was. If it was fight related, I was going for it. So all these things, all these opportunities that I had and these things that I could have done, they weren't as important as what I'm doing now. So in the time that I was doing all of this that I was working on all these ideas I started training again a little bit and then back to when I met that girl at Sprouts Cafe she ended up being an entrepreneurial coach I met her at the time where I was juggling all these ideas I didn't know what the fuck to do with my life or my brain she came into my life at a perfect time and was a complete blessing because after she told me that I seemed like an interesting person and to tell me her my story, which was odd, and me telling her that I'm basically a completely sporadic, like, out of fucking control, passionate person about so many different things that I don't know what to grip and to what to do and how to organize my life and my mind and my determination right now. And... I ended up working with her for the next year. This girl changed my life 100%, and I still am, am very close to her today. Um, 
she would help me basically break down my goals, whatever they were, um, into uh, a, a, a viewable kind of form. So I, you know, on paper, so I can see what what the steps are for me to get to this goal, and then make sure that I execute. And she was so damn good at it. And my goals at the time were small. They were big. In my life, they were big. But they weren't like, I, I want to make, you know, 10000 a month. At the time, it was like, I just want to get the fuck out of this apartment I'm in where I'm absolutely miserable living with a roommate that I'm not happy with. And I need to get out of here because I'm stuck. And I, have no, I don't have enough money to support myself in a big city in San Diego. Well, the goal was to have a better income. So that's what we started going for. I ended up getting an interview where it was me against 150 other guys for this company, which I was gonna get paid more at than I ever have in my entire life. And still to this day, it was the best job I've ever had. Went to the interview. Well, I actually, I uh, fucked up and I set my alarm an hour late, the first interview that I had. Okay, like, you know, I'm sorry guys, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me back up just a little bit because like, this is the first time I've thought about this since it happened, but it was, pretty, it was pretty cool shit how it happened. So the first interview was on the phone, right guys? This is what happened. I got on the phone with these guys, talked to them for a bit, and it was like, cool beans, interview's over, we hung up the phone. I realized that I did not execute, I did not express my passion, I did not execute the way that I wanted to, and I needed to call these guys back and make sure they know how much I want this fucking job because it's me against 150 other guys to get the fucking the biggest paycheck that I've ever had so what do I do I call back I said look guys I know I just talked to you but I left something out what I left out is how fucking passionate I am to work at your company I said I need this job I want this job and I'll do whatever it takes to prove to you that I am the guy and they said that's all we need you get the next interview 100% that's hard you never had somebody come you know with that type of initiative I get the second interview I set my fucking alarm an hour late I wake up and I have 15 minutes to get 45 minutes down the freeway I sit there for a second and I go Coco you're a failure and then I fucking just say fuck that shit and I get up and I fucking throw my shit on and I didn't shower. I didn't get time to brush my hair. I threw my nice dress outfit on as quick as I fucking could. I got in the car and I do not know to this day if it looked like I was running from like the fucking president. I was driving so goddamn fast down the freeway, swerving in and out of cars and I made it. 45 minutes in 15 minutes where I came fucking rolling in just with heart beating, you know, disguising all this stress that I had going on of driving that fast and thank God I didn't get pulled over and I, I fucking hammered out the interview and when I signed in, I could see all the other signatures of the guys who had signed in for that same interview and there was a lot, guys over a hundred, well over a hundred. These are all guys that are older than me too. This company was to inspect 
This company was to inspect um, very, very expensive homes in San Diego that were in escrow. Uh, before the, the escrow would pass, I would have to go in and I'd have to inspect the home and make sure that the bank was not going to be uh, liable, not going to basically want to loan money on something that was going to cost them a lot of money. I did the Bell's home, Taco Bell owners. I did, um, you know, the uh, the bass player of Blink-182's house up in Rancho Santa Fe. I did $5 million homes where it took me, uh, you know, an hour just to walk from one side of the house to the other. It was crazy. And so, you know, it was hard being young. They wanted that young gun. They wanted that young star to come up. They needed a little bit of um, of excitement and, uh, you know, to kind of stir the pot in the company. Um, so that's, that's what I was. I was that guy. But when I was doing these interviews, it still was me against a ton of guys in their thirties and forties that had real estate license, had previous experience, had all these other things. I didn't have a college education. I didn't have job experience. I didn't have shit. I got my fucking, my shirt and I got my shoes at a thrift store at a Goodwill and I just had a lot of heart. So I get done with the second interview. Now I got a third interview. The third interview is up in LA. I gotta drive an hour up in LA in a couple weeks to go to this interview. Get all my stuff ready, going to hammer out this last interview, practicing, cool, cool. Halfway there on the freeway and my tire blows out. Pull over to the side of the road, I lay my head on the steering wheel, and I go, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Wanted to give up, but I did it. I, uh, I don't know, I pulled that, I pulled that fucking lion out of me, and <clears throat> the car that I was driving was a new car, I didn't know where the spare tire was, I didn't know where the jack was, um, you know, just, just before, just before I gave up, I fucking jumped out, I had the nicest outfit on, you know, I had to, I had to be looking sharp, I rolled my sleeved up, I, uh, was already, the Google Maps was telling me that I was going to make it just on time. I mean, this was my first time living in, in Southern California. I didn't know about traffic. I didn't know about how, if it's an hour, give yourself an hour and a half. If it's five o'clock in, in the morning or the evening, because you're going to get busted in traffic. You're going to get caught up in traffic. I didn't know that. So according to my Google Maps, I was going to make there just on time. So that's why when my tire blew out, I was like, fuck, I'm screwed. I'm not going to make it. I'm late. And I was going to be going there and interviewing with two other guys next to me for that position. So I lay my head on the steering wheel. I go, Chris, don't give up, boy. You've made it this far. You're the underdog. You're the one that they want to fail. You're the one that they did it would make sense if you didn't show up. You know? You're the one that... You're the one that if if they, you know, if anyone's not going to make it, it's you. And, and I did not want that to happen. You know, I wanted to be better than what I was anticipated, expected to be. So I run around to the back of the car, I find the jack, I find the spare tire on the fucking side of the road with cars whizzing past me on the white line, almost getting hit, jack the car up, change the tire, boom, get in the car, bolt, haul ass again, avoid speeding tickets, get to the interview, and I come walking in with grease all over my fucking hands and all over my shirt. And I walk in and I say, my tire blew out halfway here. What guy is going to have their tire blow out halfway to an interview, slap that thing on, and still make it on time and be as 
determined as I am still to fucking get this job. I mean, I literally rolled in the door like that, just heavy, just throwing them. Like, I looked at him, he looked at me, he looked at my appearance, he was, I mean, this was like, this was like the movie Pursuit of Happiness, when he's like all painted up, and he's like, what motherfucker is gonna be out hustling as hard as I am, and still show up to the interview, and still be motivated and determined to win? I got the job. So now I'm at a company where I'm gonna be making 100 figures a year. I'm sorry, 100,000 a year, six figures a year, 100,000 plus. I did great, guys. I'm killing it. You know, um, I was the guy, I was the go-to anytime there's any problems in the company. If there's angry customers, they'd send me out there. I calmed people down. Um, I was honest, which is rare in sales. Um, and I ended up being the highest producing uh, representative right off the bat. I had people from branches up in Northern California coming down just to meet me, uh, managers, district, big people in the company coming down to my little office in Escondido just to see me and shake my hand. Um, I did lots of sales seminars with these with these people too. Uh, we would go up to LA and I'd basically sit in a hotel for a week with a lot of homework and long days of me learning how to, um, learning how to people, <laughs> learning how to people, learning how to, how to move people, how to, uh, understand people, how to deal with rejection, how to deal with objection. Um, you know, this is what they taught us in sales and we do lots of role of playing and a lot of things that helped me later down the road when I was, uh, trying to kind of get through my own my own shit with fighting, make some money, you know, work some sponsorships, and I was having to kind of do the same thing, uh, which is be my own little, uh, you know, salesman and get people to invest in me. So, good experience. While I was working with this entrepreneurial coach, she helped me get that job. I forgot to mention this. When I got the job, I had to do three months of studying for a test. If I didn't pass this test to get certified, to get my branch two and three inspectors license, to get the license that I needed to work the job, I was not going to be able to work the job. So you get the job. Once you get the job, you got to, you get paid, but you got to be there for three months while you study for a fucking hard test, hard test, knowing how to build a house from the ground up, knowing how to classify different types of mold, different types of rotten wood, um, lots of different things like, um, it was a hard test guys I didn't go to school college I didn't go to college for a reason and I wasn't even in school I was in homeschool which consisted of me getting fucked up with my friends so testing was not my thing I could not stay focused my mind just couldn't slow down enough and even if I could slow down my mind enough to read these books and do this study work the way my brain works, I would always just forget everything that I learned the next day. Like, that's kind of how I live my life with a, with a clean slate every day. I reset. So, how am I supposed to remember all the shit that I fucking studied yesterday? And I tried everything. You know, I tried flashcards. I, I did it all. Well, thank God for my entrepreneurial coach because she coached me through this, which was probably one of the most... Um, it was one of the dopest things that we did working together um, because it was something that was really hard for me to do and without her I wouldn't have been able to do so I passed the test I got the job hit the ground running 
nailed it. About a year in, I'm training, and I get offered the biggest fight of my life. It's a championship fight, my first ever title fight with WFC World Fighting Championships. I start training for the fight, and I start realizing that I'm not able to maintain this job with my training. It's just too much. I can't do it. My coaches are asking me to train six hours a day. My job's asking me to work 10 hours a day. I'm trying so hard, but I just can't do it. So I, I, I picked between the two. I wanted to choose between the two. This was a choice that I made. I knew that I'd have to sacrifice one for the other. And I wanted to do that because I knew that I knew that even if I could figure out how to make them both work, I would be giving each of them 75%. And I did not want to do that. I wanted to give one of them 100%. So I chose the fight. I quit the job. I left the job that I was making more money than I ever have in my entire life. And um, it's the best job I've ever had. It could be the best job I ever have um, in that regard, aside fighting. And I was driving around a Lexus, um, all black on black. You know, I had high speed internet, cable, my own apartment in, in a nice area in San Diego by myself. I was living a pretty good life. And I left this job for something that pays me absolutely fucking nothing. And that has no promise for me to success. It's a giant liability on my body. And nobody supported it. Because everybody wanted me to live that basic, stable, reliable lifestyle. Which I understand. Because sometimes things don't work. And the worst thing that can happen is that you're stuck with nothing. And opposed to stuck with something left with something left with nothing you know you you know you want to make sure that you have that whatever you know that backup that this or that to lean on to make sure that you're investing in something that has pretty good odds of you succeeding or at least a stable at least a steady flow of income i get hurt a week out of the fight and i have to pull from it i, just, I cut my foot open bad I can't fight on it. I pull from the fight. So I'm sitting there. I just pulled from this fight. Now what the fuck do I do? I got no job. My body's hurt. Well, it's time to pick myself back up. So I start job hunting again. I get this job at Planet Fitness. And that's where I met Cecilia. Cutest girl in the world. This little blonde girl that works there. Um, totally crushing on her. Don't know her name yet. Can't figure out her name. And I'm working nights and she's working days. So we don't get much time to talk. I just see her, I'm passing. When I come in, she leaves. There's this like board in the back and it has everybody's names on it. It just doesn't have their faces. And I would always look at the board and I would see like all these names, Joanna, Inez, and Tiffany, and all these. And I'm looking and I would see Cecilia, the name, and I knew it was hers. I just knew it. Before I even knew it, I knew it. One day she introduced herself to me. She says, hi, I'm Cecilia, blah, blah, big old smile. I'm like, oh man, this girl's so damn cute. Well, she starts initialing things, like the task list, you know, of things to do, and she's initialing CC, same initials as mine, I'm trying to figure out what the fuck her last name is, because now I'm like, I, my dude brain is like, shit, we got the same initials, man, we're perfect for each other, you know, um, well, I look up her last name in the system one day, and it's C-A-S-A-R-E-S. 
Kassaris. My last name is Kakoris. Two letters off. So I was like, boom, it's over. Like, I'm, I'm going to pursue this. Started talking to her. Um, find out that she just got out of a six-year relationship. Guy was not a good guy. Wasn't making her happy. And she was struggling. At the time, she had told me that if the guy asked her to go back to her, she would have said yes. That's how still stuck in this relationship she was. So it was tough for me, guys. I was crushing on this girl hard, but I knew that she was... I didn't want to be the rebound. You know, I wanted it to be something real. And and so, <coughs> I just played the friend zone for a while. Supported her, you know. Showed her love. Just kind of a, a friendly way. It was genuine. was real. Gave her space. It was there for her. All that. Um, you know, she ends up becoming the love of my life. We got together... It worked. It was perfect. Um, I remember the first night that we basically took that step forward. She called me or she, she texted me actually at 3 a.m. Uh, middle of the night. And she's like, are you up? It's like, yeah, I'm up. She knew I'd be up. She's like, you want to talk? I was like, sure. So that was our thing. She couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. You know, so we text each other late at night. Just kind of keep each other company. She told me she was bored. So I texted her back and I said, pick a number between one and 10. And if, and then pick that number, hold it in your head. And then if I text you the same number, if I pick the same number, we'll go on an adventure. So I wait a second and she goes, okay, go. I text her the number two. Two is the first thing that came to mind. Two of us, two. I was hoping that that's the one she picked. <coughs> she writes me back, boom, baby, like, let's do this. Yep. Same, same, like, you know, thought up the same number. Let's go. Picked her up. Take her out to the top of this cliff. San Diego looking over the ocean. You know, we get close. We kiss. Have a great night together. Found out later that she actually picked seven. Which is funny, but it's also kind of ironic and weird because um, I ended up losing her when I was 27. A couple years later. And that thought just came to mind the other day. I don't know if you guys like believe in that type of shit, but there's been way too many fucking things that have happened that are just so clicked into place. So ironic and mind blowing. Um, so I don't know. That's kind of one of them for me. But anyways, we get together. We start building a life together. Put a lot of work into this girl. And I start hitting MMA like a savage. I start going for it because now I had a girl that loved me, enjoyed seeing me at my best. I wanted to fight for her. I wanted to make her proud. I wanted to be sexy for her, successful. Um, and I also was really passionate about being able to be a stable husband someday and dad. And I knew that I was getting a little bit older. I was approaching my late 20s and I had already invested so much into fighting and so much really into nothing else. A lot into a lot, um, which ended up kind of resulting in a little except for MMA. And so I knew that that was my pot of gold. If I had, if I had one, that's what it was. And I was going to have to put in so much work to be successful at that because it's a really, the odds are kind of not not great in that sport for you to be successful so in the two years that I was with her I excelled a lot in MMA 
I made a name for myself. I won a lot of fights. I won two world titles. I got really good. I found the best gym in the world that I'm currently at. And um, I was on fire about to take those those next big steps into the pro league where I was gonna start making money. The last fight I did was streamed on over a million TVs. So, things are going great. She's going to school to be an engineer. I'm fighting my ass off. We leave for Tahoe for family vacation to see my family for the first time. I had warned her on the drive there that my family is in pretty bad shape. My mom died, my grandpa died, my uncle died. Um, all in the same couple years and everybody was pretty messed up. And I was trying to build a life away from Tahoe for that reason because I was protecting the, my new life. I was protect I was this was a this was a mistake. I'm gonna get into that later, but this was a mistake. This thought process that I needed to just disconnect from my life, the important things in my life, like my family. Because I needed to be safe somewhere else was a complete mistake. And I wasn't happy for a long time because I had things fucked up. And it took me going through what I've gone through in the last year for me to realize that and reconnect with some things that are very important to me now. So I warn her things are a little bumpy there. You know, things are a little, a little fucked up. So we get to Tahoe and exactly what I predicted happening happened. We go to, you know, Chris or whatever, Christmas dinner and people are crying and talking about people that we lost and it's just negative and I lost it and when I lost it she lost it because Cece a lot of the time followed my lead she called her dad and told her dad that she wasn't having a good time and um, it sucked and so we just want to get home we're so over this trip back what happened is exactly what we thought we would happen so we just want to get the fuck home we don't sleep that much. We're fighting with each other. You know, we just want to get back to our life. Let's go pick up where we left off. You know, we had our life away from everybody. My job, your fighting career, our new people, our new friends. And we just jumped back into this pile of shit and got like saturated with its bullshit, with its problems, with its you know, all this and it's, it's affecting our relationship. So let's go, let's get back home. We're on our way back to San Diego. We switch roles. I'm driving first. She starts driving cause I get tired. She tries to pull around a semi truck about three quarters of the way there. Um, makes a bad move in the, in the oncoming traffic lane. And we hit a car going 90 miles an hour head on another car that's going 90 killed her on impact and it also killed my seven-year-old dog in the backseat that I had got right after my mom died to help heal from that I spent the next hardest 30 days of my life in the hospital learning how to walk again my entire body was destroyed from head to toe I had broken bones from head to toe I had a broken elbow broken wrist broken fingers broken spine broken stomach broken ankle broken toes my eye socket got jacked up. I couldn't see out of my left eye. I had 20 stitches in my face. 
the, it was a mess, guys. It was a fucking mess. I almost died. I almost bled out on the side of the road. Um, I had the chance to have a last, you know, what I thought was a last moment conversation with myself where I was kind of interviewing myself and, and um, you know, reflecting on life. And uh, it's an experience that I'll never be the same from. It changed my life, my perspective. And for the better, I will never be the same person. I'm a completely new man. I'm extremely grateful for it. I had no control over it. And uh, despite the shit that it was, I'm glad it happened. Um, It's made me a lot better of a person. I would have never wished that it would happen. But I've done my best with it. And uh, it's done a lot for me. So... Spent 30 days in the hospital. I was in tip-top shape because I had a championship fight, my third championship fight, two weeks following the car accident. So I was in baller shape, and that's why I survived. So MMA comes around full circle years later and saves my life. The sport that I always went to, that I always showed up for, that I always opened the door for, is the reason I'm talking to you right now. How fucking crazy is that? For all the doubters, all the people that told me that it was not good, that it wasn't going to provide me with income, that it wasn't going to be good for me, that it wasn't a good look for me, that it was going to hurt my body, saves my life. So here I am, no girlfriend, no dog. At the time, no dream, because I broke my spine in two places, it bursted, and they told me I was never going to fight again, let alone walk normal again. Our apartment gets cleared out by her dad. He takes all of our stuff back to his place. I lose my job. I lose my apartment. I lose my girlfriend. I lose my dog. And I'm sitting in the hospital halfway between Lake Tahoe and San Diego, not knowing what the fuck I'm doing in my life. I have a a completely new life. I have to start fresh. So what do I start doing? Improvise and adjust. I started assessing all the things in my life before that I didn't like and how I can change as a person. I started making all the necessary changes to make sure that this new life is different than the last and that I take all the good that I did and I remove all the bad. I took that reflection that I had in those 10 minutes before I almost died. I started creating the person that I am today. I'll tell you what guys that experience changed me forever i'll never be the same and uh i'm i'm very grateful for it so i'm gonna cut right there as far as my story goes and actually we are right on the mark of this podcast being um over being as long as it can be so i'm gonna save the stuff that i had uh following that for next time and i'm just gonna leave you guys with that Everything that I'm about to tell you, um, as far as my knowledge and experience and advice goes, a lot of it um, has been from what I've learned in the last year. That accident happened almost one year ago. It's 10 months almost today. I've done a lot of studying. I've read a lot of books. I've met a lot of people. I've talked to a lot of people. I've helped people from all over the world. I've built friendships, connections, um, done talks for schools, 
um, different programs. Um, and miraculously, I'm cleared to fight again as of last week. And three months following that car accident, I was back in the gym training. So this is what I'm going to be talking to you guys about. This is who I am, and this is what you're in for. It's going to be a very exciting podcast. I'm very excited to get this thing started. The next week is going to be awesome with some great topics uh, following everything that I just told you guys. Thanks for riding with me and tuning in and uh, following me and being my support system. And let's have some fun, guys. Let's get to know each other. Peace out. Have a good night. We'll talk to you soon.